Welcome to the Folktale Project, this is Dan Charles. Today we have part 5 of The Yellow Dwarf, and where we left things off, the story had taken quite a nasty turn for our lovers, the Princess Bellissima and the King of the Gold Mines. Their wedding had been crashed by the Fairy of the Desert and the Yellow Dwarf, and the Yellow Dwarf had stolen the Princess Bellissima. And now, let's find out what happens to the King of the Gold Mines. This is The Yellow Dwarf, Part 5. The King, motionless with horror, looked on despairingly at this dreadful occurrence, which he was quite powerless to prevent. And, to make matters worse, his sight failed him, Everything became dark, and he felt himself carried along through the air by a strong hand. This new misfortune was the work of the wicked fairy of the desert who had come with the yellow dwarf to help him carry off the princess, and she had fallen in love with the handsome young king of the gold mines directly she saw him. She thought that if she carried him off to some frightful cavern and chained him to a rock, then the fear of death would make him forget Bellissima and become her slave. So, as soon as they reached the place, she gave him back his sight, but without releasing him from his chains, and by her magic power she appeared before him as a young and beautiful fairy and pretended to have come there quite by chance. "'What do I see?' she cried. "'Is it you, dear prince? What misfortune has brought you to this dismal place?' The king, who was quite deceived by her altered appearance, replied, Alas, beautiful fairy, the fairy who brought me here first took away my sight, but by her voice I recognized her as the fairy of the desert, though what she should have carried me off for I cannot tell you. Ah! cried the pretended fairy. If you have fallen into her hands, you won't get away until you have married her. She has carried off more than one prince like this, and she will certainly have anything she takes a fancy to. While she was thus pretending to be sorry for the king, he suddenly noticed her feet, which were like those of a griffin, and knew in a moment that this must be the fairy of the desert, for her feet were the one thing she could not change, however pretty she might make her face. Without seeming to have noticed anything, he said in a confidential way, Not that I have any dislike to the fairy of the desert, but I really cannot endure the way in which she protects the yellow dwarf and keeps me chained here like a criminal. It is true that I love a charming princess, but if the fairy should set me free, my gratitude would oblige me to love her only. Do you really mean what you say? said the fairy, quite deceived. Surely, replied the prince, how could I deceive you? You see it as so much more flattering to my vanity to be loved by a fairy than by a simple princess, but even if I am dying of love for her, I shall pretend to hate her until I am set free. The fairy of the desert, quite taken in by these words, resolved at once to transport the prince to a pleasanter place. So, making him mount a chariot to which she had harnessed swans instead of the bats which generally drew it, away she flew with him. But imagine the distress of the prince when, from the giddy height at which they were rushing through the air, he saw his beloved princess in a castle built of polished steel, the walls of which reflected the sun's rays so hotly that no one could approach it without being burnt to a cinder. Bellissima was sitting in a little thicket by a brook, leaning her head upon her hand and weeping bitterly. 
for just as they passed, she looked up and saw the king and the fairy of the desert. Now the fairy was so clever that she could not only seem beautiful to the king, but even the poor princess thought her the most lovely thing she had ever seen. What? cried she. Was I not unhappy enough in this lonely castle to which that frightful yellow dwarf brought me? Must I also be made to know that the king of the gold mines ceased to love me as soon as he lost sight of me? But who can my rival be, whose fatal beauty is greater than mine? While she was saying this, the king, who really loved her as much as ever, was feeling terribly sad at being so rapidly torn away from his beloved princess. But he knew too well how powerful the fairy was to have any hope of escaping from her except by great patience and cunning. The fairy of the desert had also seen Bellissima, and she tried to read in the king's eyes the effect that this unexpected sight had had upon him. No one can tell you what you wish to know better than I can, said he. This chance meeting with an unhappy princess for whom I once had a passing fancy before I was lucky enough to meet you has affected me a little, I admit, but you are so much more to me than she is that I would rather die than leave you. Ah, prince, she said, can I believe that you really love me so much? Time will show, madam, replied the prince. But if you wish to convince me that you have some regard for me, do not, I beg of you, refuse to aid Bellissima. Do you know what you are asking? said the fairy of the desert, frowning and looking at him suspiciously. Do you want me to employ my art against the yellow dwarf, who is my best friend, and take away from him a proud princess whom I can but look upon as my rival? The king sighed, but made no answer. Indeed, what was there to be said to such a clear-sighted person? At last they reached a vast meadow, gay with all sorts of flowers. A deep river surrounded it, and many little brooks murmured softly under the shady trees where it was always cool and fresh. A little way off stood a splendid palace, the walls of which were transparent emeralds. As soon as the swans which drew the fairy's chariot had alighted under a porch, which was paved with diamonds and had arches of rubies, they were greeted on all sides by thousands of beautiful beings who came to meet them joyfully, singing these words, When love within a heart should reign, useless to strive against him tis, the proud but feel a sharper pain, and make a sharper triumph his. And that is part five of The Yellow Dwarf, where we see what has happened to the prince, the king of the gold mines. He has been kidnapped by the fairy of the desert, and he is trying to trick her as she is tricking him, but it doesn't seem to be going quite so well for him, does it? Well, we'll find out more next time in part six of The Yellow Dwarf. This is Dan Scholes with The Folktale Project. Don't forget that you can subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Play, Overcast, anywhere you like to get your podcasts. You can follow us on Twitter at Folktale Project. You can find us on Auto Radio, TuneIn Radio, iHeartRadio, Spotify, anywhere you like to listen. And you can always head over to folktaleproject.com. We'll find a new story waiting for you every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. And don't forget, if you're enjoying the podcast, please head over to Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen and leave a rating or a review. I appreciate it, and it helps others find the podcast. As always, thank you so much for listening. <laughs>